Arizona straight to the line. There's the snap to Murray. Murray looks left, pumps once, looking, looking. A lot of time. Now he throws, and it's intercepted by the Lions. Picked off down the left sideline. Oromorier picks up a block at the 30, 25, 20, Amani 10, 5, and he's spun out of bounds right there. I see you, 24. I see you. Welcome to the 20 Minute in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. I'm excited about my guest to kick this one off. I got Charles Harris, defensive end, the leading sacker for the Detroit Lions last year. And Charles, I want to start right away with this. So you're in Atlanta, right? And it doesn't work out for whatever reason to begin your career. You come here, you sign with Detroit on a one-year prove-it deal, right? And then what happens? You, You prove it. Right, you lead the team in sacks, seven and a half. You're setting the edge in the run game. You know, really a valuable asset to this defense. And so then, what happens this off season? The team rewards you. You, you sign a two-year, thirteen million dollar deal. And just I'm, from your perspective, from players' perspectives, when you come and you sign with a team on a one-year prove-it deal is what they always say. And then you, you know, handle your end of the of the of the business. And then the team does too. What does that say? To, to players, maybe like a DJ Chark who's on a one-year deal or some of the other guys who come here on one-year deals? Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like it gives them, um, you know, confidence in the team, you know, confidence in the organization. And um, and just knowing that it really is, it's true. Like, you hope your, your side of the deal that, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll come back and pay off. But um, yeah, last year, just blessed and thankful to be able to, you know, be put in the right position and make plays and be able to capitalize on those plays and opportunities. And um, every chance I got, you know, just 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 maximizing, and that's kind of what I'm doing this year as well. Every time I'm on that field, just trying to play my best, play my hardest, and give the team all I got. And you and, guys, uh, oh, I'm sorry, no, no, what, what? I, you guys are switching things up a little bit there on defense too. You know, you were more of a kind of read and mm-hmm. react three four. Just to, to to let fans know, kind of what from your edge spot was that more for interior guys or was. Or were you kind of a read and react on the edge too? I guess what's the biggest difference between when when somebody says that you were a three four read and react to now a four three aggressive attacking unit? I guess just explain to our fans what's what's the biggest difference there from your position on the edge? Yeah, on the edge is more so about your keys. You know, um, what's your primary gap and what's your secondary gap? And um, now we kind of have the flexibility to just let our primary go. And um, you know, say for instance, we get reached, for example, we have the ability to go backside. Um, and just be able to cut the ball off, you know, build a wall. We still got the build a wall mentality on defense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like you said, it's, it's no more like read and react. Uh, we no longer play laterally. You know, we we're really, we're really trying to get upfield and trying to cause penetration. And um, that's kind of different between you know read and react, which is more so um, you know playing back into blocks versus attack style where you're trying to you know you're trying to cause a train wreck and off the ball. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it is on inside and on outside. And, um, you know, from an outside perspective, it gives you a lot more freedom to, to go and make plays. Because um, a lot of times, you know, tackles, they can't really, they don't really, can't really handle your speed on the outside. You know, if you're able to just get around that corner, I mean, you can cut the ball off instantly. And the three technique, he has more freedom, you know, to be able to make plays too. So. And it seems like just from my outside observing, looking in through training camp practice, like you really love this new scheme. I mean, you're in the backfield yeah. all the time. <laughs> I mean, this defense is in the backfield, yeah. uh, you know, especially with the, with the front four a lot. Am I am I seeing that right? Do, no, it looks like you're kind of really fitting into to what Aaron has changed up yeah, front. Yeah, without a doubt, and it, it's about getting the chemistry too. You know, making sure the three tech or the bubble, you know, whoever is, is to me and um, who I am to as well, that we're able to to see the right play at the mm-hmm. same time and uh, to kind of anticipate what's going to happen. Be able to read and react, or you know, be able to react the right way. 
Um, so, yeah, it's, it's about building chemistry as well. Um, and I think that's what's so great about having an attack defense. It's like, man, if I'm playing next to a player who I know likes to go high, you know, I, I'm already thinking, okay, he going to go high, I'm going to go under him. You know, I'm a contra, or I'm a, I'm having natural, you know, natural, um, you know, text game or something. Um, so, now it's without a doubt. It, fit, it's fit, it fits the guys that we have, you know, this, this new style of defense, new style of playing. Uh, I think all the guys pretty much, we all play in the same system in college, you know, and I think getting back to those basics of just, Get off that ball, you know, speed speed and power. You know, speed and power, that's what we have around us is a group of guys who are big, strong, and fast. One of those guys, Aiden Hutchinson, it's interesting that you said that, the, the, the games that you guys can play and playing off the three tech because I, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. It was, it, it was a few practices ago. Aiden Hutchinson lines up as the three tech on your side. Mm -hmm. He gets a great burst up, and you cut underneath and yeah. totally disrupt the play. But that's what you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Having that chemistry. And that's what training camp's about, right? That building that right now, especially with a young guy like Aiden. And I guess first impressions of, of, of Aiden and his ability to play on the edge and inside and what that means for your defense. Yeah, no, he's very versatile. He really is. And um, he gives us a lot of flexibility. Um, and man, wherever he lines up, you know the offense has to has to ask themselves, you know, who do we, you know, who do we slide to, you know, who do we, who do we kind of put on an island, who do we, who do we, um, you know, who do we really want to defend the most? And uh, he gives a lot of flexibility, a lot of versatility, and man, he's just a great player. You know, he's a high motor, high motor individual, and he makes everybody around him better. This pass rush, obviously, we talked off the top about your individual performance last year. Led this team with seven and a half sacks, but overall, as a team, probably not what you guys wanted to do, just in terms of your sack numbers and and, and some of the things with with the pass rush, with the changes that Aaron has made to that more aggressive front, even front and base. And some of the guys you've added, um, Aiden, we've talked about. We haven't seen much of, of Josh Pascal yet, mm -hmm. um, but Julian's now in his third year, looks to be real comfortable when he gets back healthy. And, and you know, just some of the pieces that you have, do you expect this this Lions pass rush to, to take a big jump in, in, in year two? You're getting excited. Yeah, nah, you it, do. It, it's, yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. Um, fans and, are loving to yeah, hear that, by yeah, the way. And fans say, love that smile. Yeah, I know, I know fans, you know, everybody can feel it. I feel like everybody can see it. You know, offensive line, they can see it. Um, we, we commend them as well. We know the offensive line is getting better. Offense in general is just getting amazingly uh, good. Um, and, it, and, it's, and it's likewise. Like, we're high, we have high expectations, you know, from outsiders. But we have even more expectations from ourselves because we know how, how good we are as a unit, you know, when we play together. And uh, we also understand, I remember, I think it was like uh, two, two or three practices ago, I asked all the guys kind of like, you know, quiet down. And I told them, like, to hear that, you know, and they was kind of like, what am I talking about? And it was like a heartbeat. You know, I started making noise, like, boom, boom. Boom, boom, I'm telling them, I'm like, I'm like, yo, we're growing. Every single day we're growing. This is what camp is about. Uh, being thrown in that fire, you know, being in place in the awkward positions, heated the moment and stuff like that. Um, but we're growing as a team. We're growing as a unit. And this defensive line, I'm telling you, we're going we're gonna to wreck some stuff. We really are going to wreck. Uh, we're going to wreck havoc without a doubt. Uh, and it's just a matter of us consistently growing together on a daily basis. And that's something that we all feel is coming together. And, uh, yeah, we got, some, we, got some, we got some high expectations for ourselves. We really do. And – Dan Campbell always says that iron sharpens iron, right? And what is it like daily going against an offensive line that most people think is probably top five, top three, could even be the best offensive yeah. line in football? And you got yeah. Taylor Decker every day in pass rush drills, right? Yeah. And Hutch is on the other side working against Penny Sewell mm -hmm. and just those guys up front. How much great work do you guys get in going against those guys day in and day out? It's um like you said, it's iron sharpen iron for real. We we know for a fact when we when we step on that field against whoever our opponent is, you know, on Sundays, man, we know we done already win against the best of the best, you know, for weeks in and weeks on out. And um and with that it gives you confidence. You know, mm -hmm. when you beating some of the best, you know, tackles and guards in the entire league and the centers in the entire league, it's like, man, 
Like, no matter who I go against, I know this going to work. Yeah. I know my move going to work. You know, I might not win this rep or that rep, but it, let's think about it. Like, as a pass rusher and as a, just a defensive player in general, you know, going against our, against our offensive line, you might not win this play or that play, but you might win the third and three. You might win the third and six or something like that. And um, But you never get defeated. You know, you never just like, oh, man, you know, it, it just doesn't happen because you know that they're good. You know, you know that they're good. And um, you just always anticipate that next that next play, that next drive. Like, it's going to work. It's going to happen. And I think that's what's, what's great about our defensive line is that we get we get so much stronger mentally yeah. going against the offensive line. And they get so much stronger mentally going against us because they know, like, they know they're not going to block us every single play, you know, like, without a doubt. But you had a nice and, rush um, against Taylor Decker today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, know, they know they're not going to block us every time. And um, it's just it's great because the camaraderie is just really, it's really unique. It really is. You know, post-practice in the locker room, uh, offensive line, defensive line, Usually, especially like in college, we just would not talk to each other. You know, you kind of stay away from each other. But when you, when your opponent is really good and you respect them and they're you're really good yourself and they respect you, it's like, man, that's that's great team chemistry. Right and now. how great is that for you? Because I don't know if this happens, and, and but does Taylor say, hey, you did this, you opened your chest here and I saw this, or Taylor to you, hey, you got me here, why did this? And, and you can go across the line. And, and are the offensive linemen talking to the defensive linemen? Are you guys, you know, trying to make each other better? Whereas in college, like you said, maybe you guys didn't talk. It was separate. But here you're all together for one common goal, right? And yeah. that's to play meaningful games in December, get the playoffs, win the division. Who knows beyond that? But yeah. is, is, is that a real thing here? It is. It is. Uh, and, I, and I know for a fact that we still early in camp. You yeah. know, we're kind of at the halfway mark now. But yeah, early in camp, like that first week, week and a half, it's kind of like, I ain't telling you nothing. You ain't telling me nothing. You know, because <laughs> it's, just, it's just that competitive. Right, right. But now we're starting to get to the point where it's like little hints where I'm like, you know, I got you, right? And he, yeah, you got me. And I, and I tell him like, hey, you, you did this, you did that. Even today, um, you know, one of the rooks we had, I kind of told him like, yo, I, I changed my angle on you. And that's kind of how I got my cross chop to work and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like as we get further into it, that's when we start you know, you start being like, okay, I'm going to start giving you the secrets, you know, so you can start working on them and yeah. stuff like that. But, yeah, that first week, week and a half, it wasn't yeah, really no, telling about no, really nothing. I got to so. put some good tape together. Yeah, exactly, I exactly. Tape. So. so how much are you looking forward to next week? Going to Indy, getting to hit somebody else. You guys have not hit the same guys for two oh, weeks. Man. You're ready to hit somebody else, right, That's and it. do something. And, and what, how great is that work? Oh, that's gonna be good. It's gonna be good for us, especially when we're a young team, like having a joint practice and things like that. That's gonna be that's gonna be incredible, um, and just being a different atmosphere. You know, being a different atmosphere and just being able to kind of like take it on the road and still be able to perform and still be able to stay focused and disciplined. Um, it's gonna be incredible for our team. It really is. So. All right, I want to finish with this. Seven and a half sacks last year were terrific in the run game. You know, really had a, a, a career season for you. Players always want this to be the trajectory, right? So what's what's the personal goals for you? Do you have any that you've, you kind of set for yourself? Are you willing to share with fans? Or is it double-digit sacks? Is it whatever? Obviously, we know what the team goals are, and, and, and you guys are trending in that direction. But Charles Harris, individually, what kind of season do you want to have for yourself in Yeah, in just uh, really just double-dip, you know, um, bigger bigger and better than I did last year. Everything double. Um, you know, that's kind of my personal goal. And, um, you know, in terms of sacks, things like that, I, I want to make everybody around me better, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to make the team better. I want to help us win even more, so that means I have to be more effective. And uh, what does that equal out to? What is that? What number is that? You know, of course, it has to be more double digits, you know, in terms of sacks. Uh, sacks win games, you know, at yeah. the end of the day. Um, you can shut down plays, shut down drives. Um, but I want to be – I want to I want to definitely uh, – I perform way better than I did last year. So. Well, you guys are – it sounds like you guys are going to get a little bit of time here in Atlanta, the first team guys, and I know – 
everybody out there is really excited about the differences in, in the scheme changes on defense and what that might mean and the excitement level for some of the guys that you've added up front and, and some of the guys that, that are kind of established guys, Brock, yourself there. It should be really, really fun. And, and look, that defensive line needs to be better for this defensive line or for this Detroit Lions team to be better. And it sounds like you think that you're heading in that direction. That's it. Yeah, we have to be. You gotta be the backbone for sure. Awesome. Well, great stuff, Charles. Appreciate you guys. We will be back with Barry Sanders. I've got some preview stuff on the Atlanta Falcons. We got a busy show, but that's a great way to kick it off. There we go. Joining me now via Microsoft Teams is Scott Baer, the uh, digital managing editor for the Atlanta Falcons. And Scott, preseason is here, which means football is back. An exciting time for both our franchises, right? Yeah, absolutely. And this this has been a very competitive training camp. And there's a lot of open starting, starting and rotational roles. So uh, there's been a high level of competition as this Falcons roster kind of sorts out its two and three deep depth chart uh there are there are a lot of open battles and i think we're going to see a pretty intense game especially considering it's just the first preseason affair you know that's really the situation here in detroit two guys not only battling for starting jobs but you know key roles and and obviously a large chunk of it for roster spots too and and that's really what this preseason games comes down to but but before we get to that spot in the second half maybe late in the second quarter i know dan campbell and arthur, arthur smith talked this week what's the expectation for the starters on offense and defense um for atlanta to play dan was maybe talking about a quarter is that what you're hearing too yeah, and I think that fans who are coming to this game are going to be pleasantly surprised at how many names they know on both sides. Um, and I think it's going to make for definitely a pretty fun uh, first quarter. Now, if you go back to the, to the last preseason, Arthur Smith didn't play very many of his kind of star power guys at all. This time he's going into it with a much different uh, perspective because so many guys are new. They have new quarterbacks. They have Kyle Pitts who only played two preseason snaps last year. We are going to see these guys against the Lions. They try to get into sync because it's going to take them some time to find that chemistry and they're going to use these preseason games to do exactly that. All right, you brought it up, so we're going to go into it a little bit deeper. Marcus Mariota, just curious. Now, first I have to start, is, is it really weird not seeing Matt Ryan there? Because we went through this with Matthew Stafford last year. It was kind of odd going into a camp without seeing number nine. I'm curious about, about Matt Ryan with you guys, and then just how has Marcus Mariota looked, and has Desmond Ritter pushed him at all? Is, is that a close competition, or kind of where do you guys stand at quarterback? Yeah, I I would say for one, not having Matt around here, he's an institution, not only in this team building, but around the entire city. He's still, he's still active, even though he plays for a different team in a different market. And it's weird at first because while he seems so polished and nice and friendly, um, and he is friendly, but he can be very intense and very uh, demanding. And I think losing that type of leadership has been a bit of an adjustment because Marcus leads in a different way. He's, he's a little bit quieter. He's a little more um, uh, reserved and kind of more of a encouraging team builder. And I, I think to this point, and I'm not afraid to say it, even though there are three preseason games left, Marcus Mariota is the clear number one quarterback here. If he doesn't start the season, I think something went really 
awry. I think he's looked pretty good. This is a guy who is a, a number two overall draft pick, supreme talent, who fell into some injuries and some offensive coordinator changes when he was with the uh, Tennessee Titans. He's actually benched by now Falcons head coach Arthur Smith, but their dynamic is really strong. I think he looks great. And the key for Marcus is at times he even admits that he can be a bit robotic. And if he can play free and use his athleticism, he can be really good. Um, we've talked a lot about quarterback competition around here between Marcus and rookie third round pick Desmond Ritter. Marcus is, is the quarterback is the starting quarterback right now. Desmond is still coming along. He's not pushing Marcus, I think, maybe the way that a lot of people might have expected. He's still a very talented guy, and he has the system mastered mentally, but it is taking a, a bit longer to translate. That said, the guy is a gamer, right? So when you see him in a game, what are we going to see? I think that's why it's so intriguing um, to see how Desmond is going to play. I think I was 44 and 6 in college. He just gets it done. Can he get it done against the Lions? Yeah, we'll see on Friday. And, um, you know, a, a couple really young, exciting receivers joining, you know, our two franchises. Unfortunately, Jameson Williams still battling that ACL injury suffered in the national championship game. Uh, he's still on NFI. We won't see him as Detroit Lions fans. But you guys bring in Drake London, a guy that I know Lions fans were excited about in that kind of pre-draft process, too. What does he look like? What can Lions fans expect from from Drake? And, and just what is he what is he meant for your offense early on in camp? Yeah, he's rookie wideouts, I think, can take a little bit to adjust to the NFL game, even in NFL training camp practices, because there's so many nuances to playing it in the slot, playing X and playing Y. And, and it kills me because I went to UCLA and this is a USC guy that I'm about to compliment here, but I have <laughs> to do it because he's been so good as a route runner. He's been so dependable with his hands and he's 6'4". He's a big dude. He looks yeah. like a big dude. He, he has a big catch radius. He doesn't drop anything. Does that mean he's going to have 1,400 yards this year? No. But I think that he's off to a, a good start. And last year for the Falcons, it was Kyle Pitts. It was, it was, it was Cordero Patterson and not a lot else, right? Drake yeah. London brings a different dimension to this offense that I think is pretty explosive and pretty exciting. The big knock on him was, is he fast enough? I think he's fast enough to get open. And what Drake likes to say is even when he looks covered, he's really not. Can he prove that against top level NFL cornerbacks? Uh, we're going to have to wait and see starting on Friday night. And that'll be a great test. That's one of the question marks with the Lions defense. Obviously, they're switching up defensive schemes. They're being more aggressive up front. They were a 3-4 read and react last year. Now a 4-3 a attacking, want to play in the opponent's backfield. And they're hoping that that helps those guys on the back end. So what a great test to get a guy like Kyle Pitts, get a guy like Drake London um, for that first preseason game for those starters. Certainly a great tune-up. Um, but I, let's get into kind of where the where the meat is of the preseason. It, you know, obviously you love the first quarter, you love seeing the stars, but this is a tune-up for them. When we get into the second quarter, second half, it's it's where guys are really fighting for jobs, really where some of the competition really ramps up. I'm just curious from a Lions fan's perspective, what's a couple position battles? Who are maybe a couple guys that have emerged in camp that Lions fans should maybe watch out for? Um, you know, when when the backups and and the and the reserves come in uh, Friday night. Yeah, there's a number of guys that are going to be uh, heavily featured in that second half. Um, I, I think a, a guy that Falcon, that I'm sorry, that Lions fans should really keep an eye on is a guy. He's a former University of Florida, former University of Arkansas quarterback, Felipe Franks, right? Mm -hmm. 
he's a quarterback by trade who's been playing tight end throughout camp except this week he's also taking reps as the number three quarterback because Atlanta has Marcus Desmond and then Franks who again is mostly a a, a, a tight end so you could see Franks in the second quarter play tight end and in the fourth quarter play quarterback and wow. I, I think that that's going to be a fascinating development he he's a really athletic guy he, he comes out for a few periods and he looks pretty good. But so if Lions fans look at your program and you're like, wait, why is the tight end behind center right now? That's why they need him in those emergency um, situations. I think it's going to be fascinating to keep an eye on him. And just one more guy, just really quickly running back Tyler Algier, fifth round pick out of, out of Brigham Young is one of those big bowling ball, tough, is, is going to smack you and test that Lions defensive front yards after contact guy. We've been waiting to see him play live football for a long time. He's a big, tough bruiser. And I think he's going to test and tax those, those Lions fighting for those roster spots. That front seven is going to have to be ready come the third and fourth quarter. Oh, it sounds great, Scott. I'm excited uh, for football to finally be here. We start to get kind of the, that, that step toward the regular season this year. We, we see some position battles and some guys play football, especially the young guys for the first time. It should be fun. You, my friend, be safe traveling uphill, up here, and we'll get together before the game. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Welcome back to the 20 Minute In The Huddle podcast. My next guest needs no introduction at all. He is the Hall of Famer, Barry Sanders. And Barry, before we get going into all this football stuff, I've got something I have to ask you. A little birdie told me a story about you. Really? From your playing days. Yep. Another story. A little birdie. A little birdie. It was... Okay. You guys lose, obviously, in, in 1995 to the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs. The next season, you guys are in Philadelphia. Week three, I think it is. And you score a couple late touchdowns. And this little birdie told me you were always a guy, right, that handed the ball off to the, to the, to the referee. You never spiked it, never mm-hmm. did anything. But a little birdie told me that in that Philadelphia game, after your second touchdown, there might have been an attempted spike that maybe slipped out of your hands. Is this a true statement? Is this false? I think, was was I, I, think, I misled? I think, were you going to actually spike it? You were a little hyped think, up that game. Yeah, I think I've uh, talked to the same birdie. I think I've talked to the same birdie. Um, and, I, I mean, I haven't seen the footage, right? You know, so, but obviously, you know, film doesn't lie, you know, so. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't remember the specific moment. Um, I'm glad I, I'm glad I got, got to the end zone and, and scored. And, and I, I think it was one of those where it kind of went up and, and it sl- slipped out of your hands. It looked like you were going to take that time to finally, to finally spike one. It just be, never happened. It could be some truth to it. All right. That's all I can say. I'm going to let the lirty, yes. little birdie know. I, I know you know who, who we're talking about. <laughs> um, you know what? I also saw the TikTok with you the other day from the Lions. You still you can still shake it. Oh, you it. liked that? I you liked, liked it. it. Yeah. Hop nice. on your shoe, shake a little bit. So behind this offensive line, and obviously one of the strengths for the Detroit Lions, you, you think you could get 100 yards still behind this offensive line? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I don't know that I could get 100 yards, but I would certainly be excited to run behind them any time. Absolutely, man. I mean, any time you can put together a group like this, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, that ranks that high in this league, um, you know, then then you know you got a fighting chance, um, you know. And, and so, yeah, everyone's excited about what we're going to do this year, but, and certainly that starts with, 
what is up front. And speaking of up front, you know, Kevin Glover, the, the Pro Bowl center from the time that you played, you know, was one of your close friends on the team and, and obviously a really great player. Just what does it mean when, especially that center position, and the Lions have Frank Ragnall, Pro Bowl player, one of the best in the league. When you've got that position in particular kind of established with a consistent Pro Bowl caliber guy, you ran behind one, you played with one, just what does that mean for the offense, for the offensive line, just the whole operation? Well, for me, I think it just creates such a great ripple effect throughout your offense, right? Um, because, you know, obviously that that's where it all starts. That's where... You know, that's where defenses are, are really first trying to attack. Um, you know, so if you're you're strong up the middle like, like we are and, and like I was um, with Kevin Glover, uh, it makes all the difference in the world, um, you know. And, and so, um, again, you know, what this offense is trying to do this, this season, um, some of what we saw last year, you know, the promising signs, um, you know, it starts with that guy. Um, and it's such a great just sort of stabilizing force, um, you know, with, with um, you know, really throughout your, your, your team, but certainly uh, your offense. So, um, so yeah, I mean, um, you, you can't talk enough about how important it is, um, you know, having a guy at that position that can handle his own uh, in the trenches in today's football. And then when you get out wider, right, you got Taylor Decker, who's consistently a, a top 10 left tackle in this league. Penny Sewell, we saw what he did. I think he's trending toward a Pro Bowl sooner rather than later. Jonah Jackson was a Pro Bowler last year, and Big V was only the starting left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's just a collection of veteran guys. Is, is this, from you know, in, in your opinion, one of the best offensive lines potentially this team has ever kind of assembled? Oh, absolutely. And and um, you look at all your successful teams, um, you look at your teams that are making deep playoff runs, um, and you always hear, um, you know, the names of those linemen that are on those teams um, and how valuable they are. And, you know, you got to have a left tackle and, and uh, you got to solidify things up front. Um, and so, uh, yeah, if, if this group can stay healthy this season, then I, I think the, the Lions are going to be dangerous. You mentioned the statistics from last year. It was over 1,800 yards rushing. Uh, they averaged 4.4 yards per carry and had 12 touchdowns. Barry, they hadn't had those three numbers since 1998 when you were toting the rock. Well, so it's been a long time for those kind of numbers, that kind of consistency. And when you've got an offensive line like we just talked about, but then you've got DeAndre Swift too, right? A, a guy coming into his third year. Just what are your expectations for him now? He's obviously got to stay healthy, but we just saw the explosiveness with him, that one cut and gone, that big play in that body. Just what's your expectations for him going into his third season? Yeah, I expect for him really to just build on what he's done. Um, we know that he's made the, the jump, the leap from college to pro uh, nicely. Um, he's uh, he's a weapon out of the backfield, um, you know, and that's the kind of guy – you want to get in open space. Um, he, he's shown what he can do. So um, you you would think that, especially um, in our division, he should be at the, the top of the list, uh, you know, competing, you know, with guys like Dalvin Cook um, and, and the Montgomery kid uh, in Chicago, um, you know, and I, and obviously in Green Bay, um, Aaron Jones and, yeah. and, and his backup had a great year last year as well. So he should he should be right in that, that mix, um, you know, and, and uh, be a great weapon. For this offense, he's going to have to, you know, you would think at year three he can he can carry a lot of the low uh, running and, and obviously out of the backfield. Um, you know, he's a he's a, a three down back. Uh, and so uh, and so, yeah, that's that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to and counting on. 
that's a more newer term, right? That the three down back that you mentioned guys like Dalvin Cook, right? You look at the Alvin Kamara's and, and DeAndre before the shoulder injury on Thanksgiving was leading all running backs in receptions. And and that's become such a weapon now in the NFL. That wasn't so much back in your day. There were guys, Thurman and, yeah. and some of those guys, Ladamian, that were they were catching you know, footballs, but it wasn't as league wide and as consistent as it is now just how has that kind of evolved to from the running back position that, that that's really just become such a weapon in the past game in today's nfl yeah i mean it's, it's just really the reality of today's game um it's the way that it's played you know um in most colleges you know and and uh, certainly league-wide um you know you you have to have a guy that understand the passing game you know from the backfield backfield position uh and be ready to run routes um, you know, and, and understand, you know, the route tree and all, all those things, all those concepts. So, and hey, DeAndre, he's, he's done a great job so far of doing that. Um, there's no reason why he can't continue to build on that. But yeah, in today's game, um, you know, there, there are a few guys like Derrick Henry who, you know, he's, he's not running a lot of routes out of the backfield. Right. Um, Johnson Taylor, you know, and guys like that. But most guys uh, certainly have to uh, have that as a part of their game. Could you imagine you playing in today's NFL now where it's all about <laughs> just trying to get into space, right? Right, And, and, right. and it's a matchup game, right? That's mm-hmm, why you see these mm-hmm. tight ends and, and these running backs doing all this. Could you even imagine if you're an innovative young coach and you've got Barry Sanders now, what you can do in the open field? How many balls do you think if you're playing – in today's game, would you catch in a year? I mean, if I'm coach, I'm trying to get you the ball all the time, right? And I'm trying to get no. you in space. I love to. I, I, I like getting the I ball. I bet you could catch way. balls. Yeah, I love catching. You know, catching, running, whatever way it takes. Um, you know, but uh, but yeah, but that that certainly would be much more a part of my game. Um, and today, you know, if I were playing in today's game, and I, I always thought I had pretty decent hands. You know, and and. Uh, you know, so uh, so yeah, I would I would be excited about that challenge. You'd be Absolutely. dangerous, is what you would be. I, w- I would love to see that. Man. <laughs> I would love to do it. Um, real quick before we before we end up, just Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, they're entering you know year two. Um, just your impressions of obviously the record wasn't what it was supposed to be, but they were playing much better better football the second half of the season last year. I'm just curious where you think this is headed, the culture being built, and, and just from you talking, I know you were at practice this week talking with Brad for a while and, and with Dan a little bit, just your impressions of them and, and kind of what, what you hope for in year two of, of this regime. Yeah, I mean, for, um, for Coach Campbell um, and for Brad, I, I think they're right on schedule. I mean, I think they – from day one, they had a plan, um, you know, of, of what they wanted to execute when they got here. Uh, they know they knew we had a very young team, you know, and, and so, um, you know, they were looking obviously for the normal measurables, but they were also looking looking for, you know, certain types of players um, who had a certain grit, you know, who, um, you know, who wanted to, who, who were going to fight from beginning to end, you know, and so I think, I think the picture's coming together for them the way they thought it would. They understand, you know, that uh, this league, um, you know, in, in, in today's league, you really you really have to construct your roster, you know, a certain way, um, you know. And, and um, again, they, you know, we were one of the youngest teams in the league last year, um, you know. And, and um, I, you know, like I say, I, I was talking to both of those guys, and they, they, they love, obviously, you know, this, uh, this year's version. Uh, this year's, you know, 90 guys in camp, uh, you know, um, and they see the big difference between this year's 90 as opposed to last year's 90 yeah. guys. Uh-huh. Um, and we'll see what happens over the coming weeks. But I think for them, and then, you know, you got to talk about, um, you got to talk about, I mean, gosh, the, the draft that we had this year. Uh, just 
amazing. Uh, it's like off like the Christmas. heels of last year's too. Absolutely, I mean, you got some Absolutely. really good guys, no, and that's no what it's about, about it. too. Putting them yes. together, right? Stacking, yes. getting Penes, getting Amon Ross, you do Browns, it. getting Aidens and Jamos, and that's which your is what Cincy did. Right? Which is what Cincy right. did. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah, what yeah. Cincy did. You know, uh, and so and so, yeah. I I think uh, things are moving right along for them. Um, they understand that this year we got to see great improvement, um, but. I feel like uh, more than any recent years, this year is really up for grabs in our division. Yeah, uh, with all the changes and and things that have happened. Um, so I'm I'm really really excited for it. To your point about the roster, too. You know, I think there's some guys on this '90 that get cut and and they're gonna land somewhere and they're going to be productive for other teams and that's what you want to try to get the roster to right mm-hmm. and that's what you mm-hmm. want to build where you're getting you're making having to make tough decisions on guys who can play in this league and help other teams it just doesn't fit for you and to your point i think they're definitely in in a much better situation there barry i appreciate you taking the time thanks so much he is the legend barry sanders thanks buddy Tim, appreciate it. great we can catch up thank you <laughs>